3: Locked on sports today. The Vikings earned an improbable win in the game of the year so far this season. And the Colts actually won after all the drama last week. And the Miami Dolphins are your top AFC East team. I'm Kenani Stevenson for Peter Bukowski, and you are locked on sports today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online it's where the game starts. We are officially in week 10 of the NFL season. We got our game of the week out of the way pretty early on, possibly game of the season so far. The Vikings with a huge overtime comeback win over the Buffalo Bills. I'm well enough to say that like a couple minutes left in the third, I kind of checked out and I was like checking on some other stuff. And then all of a sudden all of this craziness started going down. I was like, okay, I think everybody's probably caught up at this point, but how much of this was the Vikings willing themselves back into this and how much of this percentage-wise was Buffalo absolutely collapsing at the end there? I mean, yeah. It,
4: it depends on what moment you want to focus on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to say, gosh, they were dead. I mean, I almost turned the game off and started right. getting ready to do all my like, post-game stuff mm-hmm. when the Bills just needed to QB sneak it two yards yeah. to, get, to get the win, and then they fumbled the snap. That is right there. You're now on borrowed time, right? However... Justin Jefferson, 193 yards. Kirk Cousins threw some of the best throws I've ever seen him toss. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it comes down to overtime and the Vikings scored on their overtime and the Bills didn't. And that's earned, right? That interception was Patrick Peterson jumping around. He knew it was going to happen. He actually read that play, I think, and and did that and like knew it wasn't just like a bad throw or a lucky break. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to talk about like lucky versus earned, you have to go moment by moment. Yeah. But ultimately, you earn enough moments. You win 33-30. Other teams have played the Bills and lost by, you know, 35 points. So
3: <laughs> enough, right? Win's a win. I'll take it, right? Um, talking about Jeff- Justin Jefferson a little bit. Let's give him his flowers. You had the craziest catch, possibly Jesus. outdoing OBJ with that. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you got to watch it. But just, just what he was able to do today, to put that in perspective a little bit for people who don't get to watch him every single week.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, this was good for even him. Yeah. Career high day, I think one ninety three. Mm-hmm. Uh, that catch might be the catch of ever. I mean, that mm-hmm. is insane. Um, the OBJ catch that everybody talks about too. That that this was just like that one, but there was also a guy.
3: And uh, it was like and, no angle, like that's yeah, great. and the angle was weird, around. and it mm-hmm. and it
4: hung up for a while. It was kind of a floaty one. Um, Odell actually replied to somebody who was asking, like, "Is this better yeah. than yours?" And for people who don't know, Odell has known Justin Jefferson since Jefferson was a kid because Uh, of LSU ties. mm -hmm. Um, So he's like, Odell himself is like, who cares? Go Justin. I love it.
3: My little brother. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, Kirk Cousins made some great throws in this game. He had some errors in this game. What does it say about this team even just that, you know, they can kind of overcome a lot of those mistakes against a good team and still get a win?
4: Well, that's what postseason play comes down to to me. Mm -hmm. me, That felt like watching a playoff game. and It probably felt that that way to a lot of people. Um, Because when you get into January, you don't get to steamroll teams. You don't get to go over and and beat somebody by 30 in the postseason very often, right? So you kind of want to see it in the regular season when you play bad teams and the Vikings kind of have it. They played bad teams and sort of eked out wins against them. And Mm -hmm. wait, are they really that good? Or are they just playing bad teams? But you get on the road outside inclement weather get down 17 that's where seasons die right in january against a good team on the road bad weather that's that's what postseason play looks like mm-hmm. and being able to pull that out um and and i'm talking about cousins really specifically too, mm-hmm. the whole team to some degree but cousins in particular being able to pull out of that funk and take on a form that has played that bills defense better than anybody this year has. Nobody's scored over 21 points from right. I, I don't know, check me on that. But nobody scored over 21 on that bills defense. And the Vikings scored 30. Most of it or 30, yeah, 30 in regulation, 33 in total, mm-hmm. and a bunch of it in the fourth quarter, a bunch of it after pulling themselves together and finding a way. A lot of teams a lot of games have gone that way this year for the Vikings where they don't really get what they think they're going to get in the start of it. And it sort of starts slow. And then by the second half, by the fourth quarter in particular, they've found something and then they attack it. And in this case, it was, they've found ways to get Justin Jefferson on the matchups that they want. They found TJ Hawkinson on the slot corner. It was a good slot corner over there in, in Buffalo, but just a size mismatch. Yeah. Um, And just being able to find a way to stay in a game with good competition in bad situations got the wrong end of a bunch of big ref mistakes and still found a way to win. That's what you do in the postseason.
3: You can stay up to date all year on the Minnesota Vikings by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Vikings podcast on YouTube, the Odyssey app, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, the Colts rose above the noise to get a win on Sunday. But first, the Green Bay Packers got the kind of win that may have possibly saved their season. We'll explain. Here's what to look for on BetOnline, the number one spot for all of your gambling needs. The Philadelphia Eagles are the heavy favorites to remain undefeated tonight. BetOnline has the Eagles as 11-point favorites over the Commanders. Jalen Hurts is expected to have a nice night against the Washington defense. BetOnline has Hurts passing yards total over/under at 242 and a half. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Green Bay Packers have had a mighty struggle of a season to say the least, entering Sunday afternoon's game with the Dallas Cowboys. They were underdogs by a full touchdown. The Packers came away with a win over their former head coach, though, thanks to some overtime heroics.
5: The Green Bay Packers may have just saved their season because Aaron Rodgers owns the Dallas Cowboys and because Christian Watson had an absolute day. Not one, not two, three touchdowns for the rookie and the Green Bay Packers beat their old head coach and the Dallas Cowboys 31-28 to in overtime. I'm Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers. And it was a homecoming in the best possible way for Packers fans because Aaron Rodgers delivered against the Dallas Cowboys in ways that he seemingly always does in front of his old coach in a relationship that has been mended but did not end the best in 2018 when Mike McCarthy was fired after winning a Super Bowl in Green Bay. The Packers offense led by Aaron Jones, who goes over 100 yards in this game. The Packers rushed for over 200 total, over five yards a carry, and then it was Christian Watson in his coming out party. He was terrific. Two early drops and then comes back with three touchdowns. Four catches, three touchdowns. The other catch was a key first down In a drive where the Packers needed him, Christian Watson could be a star in the making. A guy the Packers traded up in the second round to go get. We haven't seen him much this season, but he could be the reason that the Packers, now at four and six, could get back on track, get back into the NFC playoff race.
3: This was clearly the week for the goats to bounce back. Aaron Rodgers got a win and so did Tom Brady. Now the Buccaneers for all of their bollyhooing were back in first place finally in the NFC South.
0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers hold off a late surge by the Seattle Seahawks to come away with a win in Germany. I am James Yarko, one of the hosts of Lock On Bucks, And the story for this game was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rushing attack. Rookie Rashad White went for over a hundred yards on the day while the Buccaneers defense held Seattle Seahawks threat Kenneth Walker to just 17 yards on the ground. Julio Jones got the early touchdown to give the Buccaneers a lead and from there it was about hanging on. The defense clamped down when they needed to and the offense did enough to keep the clock rolling when Seattle cut the lead down to 21-16. That means the Buccaneers are now all alone in first place in the NFC South, heading back home and into their bye week at 5-5, five and five, winning two in a row after losing three straight. For more on this and all things Buccaneers, join my co-host David Harrison and I five days a week on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: The Los Angeles Chargers looked like they were going to get a big win on Sunday night, but the San Francisco 49ers shut down Justin Herbert in the second half, and they got the win.
6: After a promising start, the Chargers could not hold on to a six-point halftime lead as the San Francisco 49ers bullied them and shut them out in the second half. This is Daniel Wade from Locked On Chargers coming to you after the Chargers 22-16 loss to the 49ers on Sunday night football, and the Chargers offense absolutely disappeared in the second half. They got goose egged in the second half by this good 49ers defense, and it turned into basically the same thing, running the ball on first down, getting behind the sticks, and having Justin Herbert try to bail them out against a very, very good 49ers defense. The offense had five drives that all ended in either a punt, a turnover on downs, or an interception in the second half. And the Chargers offense is ravaged by injuries, but they just couldn't get anything done and they needed more from their offense. Even though the defense gave up a ton of rushing yards and got gashed at times, they gave the Chargers offense multiple opportunities to extend their lead, to retake the lead, to go and win this game. And the Chargers offense couldn't do anything about it. Now has to get ready for a tough divisional matchup next week against the Kansas City Chiefs and hope they have a better prime time showing. But for the full game breakdown, make sure you're following the Locked On Chargers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
3: The Cleveland Cavaliers were shorthanded and the Timberwolves had lost three games in a row coming into their matchup yesterday, but the T-Wolves will gladly take a win. It's just their second in the last eight games after all.
7: The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the shorthanded Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday evening. I'm Ben Beacon with Lockdown Wolves and the Cavs may not have had Donovan Mitchell or Jared Allen, but the Timberwolves will take it any way they can get it. Losers of six of their last seven games coming into this one and starting a long road trip. Uh, or I guess game two of a long road trip. The Wolves led by as many as 24 points to the Cavs before Darius Garland was absolutely on fire late and pulled the Cavs to just one possession late in this game. And the Wolves, they had a hand in giving up this massive lead, but this was more about Garland's shot making. The Wolves generally played much better defense in this game up until his Garland's dominance in the fourth quarter. Uh, D'Angelo Russell had 15 of his 30 points on the night in the first quarter. He also was uh, was solid down the stretch offensively. Carl Anthony Towns had a good all-around game. Um, and the, main, the name of the game here was simply breaking the losing streak, and the Wolves did just that in this one. We'll break it all down on Lockdown Wolves. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Wolves for all things Timberwolves.
3: And the Boston Bruins took care of business this weekend. They continue to look like one of the strongest teams in the Eastern Conference.
4: The Boston Bruins defeated the Vancouver Canucks on Sunday by a score of 5 2, improving their home record to 9 0 -0 and completing a weekend sweep over the Buffalo Sabres and the Canucks. This is Ian McLaren, host of Locked On Boston Bruins. And uh, the Bruins had two winnable games on the schedule this weekend, and they took care of both beating the Buffalo Sabres on Saturday, and then taking care of the Vancouver Canucks on home ice here on Sunday. A bunch of different guys scored for the Bruins, including Thomas Nosek, who scored the empty net goal. He hadn't scored in 66 regular season games, dating back to January 2nd. Pavel Zaka got on the board uh, with the game winner, and the Bruins, perfect on home ice uh, here to begin this season
3: is another story you need to know all the noise around the Colts lately has been pretty critical but now that the first game for Jeff Saturday as head coach has come and gone I think we can all take a little bit of a breath and look at this a little bit differently bringing in Jake Arthur from locked on Colts because obviously a lot of people had a lot of things to say about this hire and obviously we're only one game in but the Colts looked better out there at least than we've seen recently
8: yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to say people are wrong, myself included, at times for, right. for being critical of this whole thing, but uh, it was a great time for the Colts to have this totally enormous shift in, in their organization. The Raiders are a struggling team, and I mean, so, so far, Jeff Saturday and his energy and his ability to connect with these players really seemed to give them a jolt of life that they needed, mm-hmm. because really, dating back to the last time the Colts faced the Raiders week 17 last year, is really when they started to look lifeless most of the time. And today was a lot different than how we've seen them. Even in their wins, they've had to struggle to get there. They controlled this game most of the time today.
3: And it, they did it in a way that, I mean, you mentioned they haven't been able to kind of rule from the beginning to the to the end of a game, right? So it's mm-hmm. good to see that consistency there, but also they went back to Matt Ryan, which was something they had gotten away from recently. They said, you know, they were going to go with Ellinger um, going forward. But uh, what how did that decision kind of come about as far as you're aware?
8: Yeah, so reportedly Jim Mercer had kind of pushed for Ellinger to to get into the lineup uh, after the Denver game. Really, um, the the offense had been really slow and the offensive line had been terrible and so with, with a guy like Matt Ryan, he's not necessarily a statue, but he's not the real mobile type guy. So if you're going to have a terrible offensive line, you might as well have someone that's got wheels like, like uh, Ellinger, but you know, with, with a new interim head coach, you might as well give them the freedom to choose who they want at quarterback. And Matt Ryan has been hurt the last few weeks. Um, he, he had a separated shoulder and he'd been out those last two weeks, but he got back in practice on Thursday and Friday And Saturday after today's game said both days, he looked really good. So, you know, he's the veteran. He gives them the best chance to win. And when the offensive line is performing at its best, and this might have been their best performance today against the Raiders, that's when Matt Ryan looks really good. And they've had two or three pretty good performances this year. And Ryan has looked lights out in, in those performances. So as long as the offensive line does their job, Ryan is definitely the best guy to start out there.
3: So they got to win. The Raiders are terrible. So we'll take that with a grain of salt, obviously. (laughs) Um, What are you looking forward to seeing kind of going forward, whether it's, you know, how he adapts as a coach or how the team responds or what's kind of like the big thing that you're looking for in the next coming weeks?
8: Yeah. So consistency is going to be one thing because it's something the team hasn't had at all. Like, Mm -hmm. They have had no identity this season. You know, what we used to know about the Colts has not been the case. Offensive line was always their backbone. That group had been terrible for most of the season. The run game, as as partially as a result, hasn't been able to get started. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's been a bit banged up as well. But he had a big day on Sunday, which, which was yeah. great to see. Just some consistency. You know, offensive line not having such wild peaks and valleys. We think they found the right starting five there now. Um just, you know, the the defense has been really solid all year, but the offense, you just really never know what you're going to get. As far as Jeff Saturday and the impact we could see from him situationally, everything seemed fine. Uh it, you didn't watch the game and be like, "Oh man, he doesn't know what he's doing." Everything seemed normal.
6: Yeah.
8: Um so yeah, if if these guys can build off this performance, and just find some sort of consistency in an identity, that'd be great, which is possible now that they have a new offensive play caller. Sorry. Um, Mm -hmm. It gets pretty rough immediately now, though, because they now have the Eagles and that is not the Raiders. So we're going to kind of be at two different extremes here.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Indianapolis Colts by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Colts on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcasts from.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast
3: Network. Your team every day. The Buffalo Bills were certainly the easy pick in the preseason to win not only the AFC East, but also the AFC and possibly even the Super Bowl. After 10 weeks, though, it is not Josh Allen and company who sit atop the AFC East division.
1: The Dolphins, oh, by the way, are in first place in the AFC East because the Minnesota Vikings just got done pulling out yet another win out of their rear ends, and Josh Allen threw a pick in the end zone to seal the game in overtime. The Dolphins are in first place going into the bye. And just to lay it out for you, like, in all likelihood, the Dolphins are going to be in first place coming out of the bye and playing the Houston Texans. Let that sink in for a second here. The Position that the Dolphins have put themselves in. By the way, first time seven and three through ten games since 2001. No big deal, just a streak that's long enough to drink. Seven and three, first place Miami Dolphins halfway through the month of November, and you're going to be tied for first place at worst coming out of the bye. If you're tied with the Jets, they'll have a head-to-head tiebreaker. If you're tied with the Bills, you you will have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So. And you play the Houston Texans coming out of the bye. So you can obviously look at the forecast for the next two, three weeks before this big three-game stretch comes up where you got to go to San Francisco and you got to go to L.A. to play the Chargers and you got to go to Buffalo and play the Bills. Oh, by the way, this Bills team is a team that sure looks like it can bleed right now because they just dropped and blew a, a three-score lead against the Minnesota Vikings, two-score lead against the Minnesota Vikings and lost. Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions.
3: Kyle says at worst, the Dolphins will be tied for at first coming out of their bye week and then they take on Houston. So with the entire AFCE speeding up on themselves, it's kind of hard at this point to decide whether the Dolphins are for real or the Bills are going to come back and win it. We'll have to watch and find out. And finally, there are struggles and then there is Vanderbilt football playing in the SEC. Entering this past weekend, they had 26 consecutive conference games that they have lost with the 24th ranked Kentucky Wildcats on the schedule. It looked like just another loss on Saturday for the Commodores, but wait Vanderbilt scored the game winning touchdown with 32 seconds left to post a 24 21 upset of Kentucky on Saturday. Vanderbilt's last conference win came on October 19th, 2019 21, 14 victory over Missouri. The Commodores had last won a conference game on the road in October of 2018 against Arkansas. But you know what they say, streaks were made to be broken or something like that. We're happy for you, Vanderbilt, congratulations. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast. Make that your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, will the Eagles extend their unbeaten streak? At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members.